Hey everybody and welcome to this week's topic of the week. My name is Alex Bajo and in front of me I have Joshua Cheatham. Uh, for this week's topic of the week we're going to be discussing something pretty interesting. Um, kind of related to world news. I mean it's still related to world news. Very important yeah. right now. Um, well, we're going to be talking about game theory and the lack of competition in global markets. This has been brought up to us to discuss by one of our viewers. Um, he said that we wanted he wanted us to look at how there's kind of like this secret monopolization going on around the world that not many people know about. Um, but people may know about it, but aren't fully aware of how monopolized this world is sometimes. And we believe that this would be a good good topic of the week to discuss that with you all. Um, Absolutely. So I wanted to discuss first, before we get into the nitty gritty of game theory and the lack of competition is, I want you, all the viewers, to take a look at all the products you own. All of them. They're all either from Apple, Procter & Gamble, Microsoft. Everything you bought is from Amazon. You name it, it's probably from one of those top name brands. Yep. All of these companies practically control the market in the United States and our major leaders at the global scale as well. There's been this divide between small and large companies and it's massive. And the ability for small companies to compete with all these large corporations is becoming increasingly harder. So, yeah. Dude, I, <laughs> I, I've like, this has been something that I've been looking at because when, you remember learning in like high school like probably sophomore year about monopolies, yeah. like from the like U.S. history in like the 1800s after they broke up, like Standard Oil, Vanderbilt, yeah. Morgan. And you're like, you know, that's great. Government's doing thing. Teddy Roosevelt, champion of breaking up monopolies. And then you look at today and you go, we have taken like 30 steps backwards. Um, we're back where we were back in the, the really back, and back in the in industrial age and in the, the industrial revolution. We're back where where we were. What it's is, worse. Yeah, you're right. It's even worse. And I, I, I can you don't even know sometimes who's yeah. who owns stuff. Like here, here's an interesting one that I just found out. Um, anyone know who Darden Restaurants is? No, you don't. <laughs> but I definitely think you know who Red Lobster is, Olive Garden, Longhorn Steakhouse, Bahama Breeze. Uh, I can't read that one, but you know who Eddie V's is and Yacht House is, right? Those are popular restaurant destinations that are all under the Garden Restaurant umbrella. There you go. Would have thought. Yeah. Would have thought, and it's it's little things like that. Or there was another one. Let's look at Comcast Corporation, CNBC, Universal, NBC, Brown, Universal Music, Bravo, Oxygen, Daily Candy, Local Media. Me, uh, Sci-Fi, Dial, USA Network, NBC News Network. Hey, there's more. I'm not even reading all of them. I'm not even the brands. Yeah. And so there is no competition at all anymore. And it's hard to. Yeah. Like you, we don't realize it. This is not there anymore. Yeah. It's all under one. Right. Damn, Smuckers Company, Smuckers, Jif, Folgers. Life is good. Dunkin' Donuts. I did not know Dunkin' Donuts was owned by somebody else. Uh, Hungry Jack, Magnolia. Um, I'm trying to think of other popular brands here. Red River, Dickinson's. Uh, those are the only ones that I, I would know. But like, Bloomsbury. 
There's crafts. Let's look at crafts. Lunchables. <laughs> we got Lunchables, Trisket, Prince, Kool-Aid, Chips Ahoy, Oreo, Ritz, Capri Sun. All of your favorite brands are not on their own. They're owned by the larger corporations. And by one of them. And by one, yeah. By one that control all of them. And each is... I would I would use proxy operation where they have like a C a proxy CEO and a proxy presidents and proxy uh, boards. Yep, but guess what? They all report to one at the end of the day. All their profits go up to uh, in, in the terms of Kraft, Robert Kraft, whom is worth eight billion dollars, and also the owner of the New England Patriots. Right, and <laughs> and we're not saying that large corporations we need to like ban them all and stop them. Like they have started their. In some point in time, they've started their company. They've took that risk and they've built it up and they've skilled it up to this point. I'm not saying that they don't deserve the rewards as a result of their hard work. I'm saying that the issue that we're bringing up is the monopolization of all these. Why couldn't all these brands be independent of each other? Like, what? Why does one person have to own all of these? That's what we're saying. Yeah. That's our problem here. Is that the monopolization? It doesn't encourage competition. No. Now I got to compete with. If I want to start my own food brand, I got to compete with someone that dominates every single store in the country, can pay their way to access to any store, really, to put their products on there. Yep. And like, if my product goes big, that, that company will just want to pester me with offers to buy it. And now, boom, my, yeah. my, my company's gone from another to, to another person that wants it. And in the United States, small business dominates uh, a business, local mom and pop shops, smaller corporations dominate the in, in terms not in terms of capital, but in terms of what you see. Right. But let's say you'd start this mom and pop business, goes into the market of a bigger corporation, and it starts to dominate. Well, this corporation, let's say you start another cookie brand, and you're looking at Kraft or Smuckers, who have billions and billions and billions of dollars. You know, they're going to come up to you with this offer. It's going to be some offer you can't refuse. Like, okay, like we're making, let's say, 200 million a year. We're doing great. They're going to come to you and be like, all right, we'll offer you 2 billion. Are you going to say, look, let's be real here. Are most people going to say no to that? I, I personally know that if someone offered me $2 billion for a business that's making 200 million, then I'm not saying no. Personally. Yeah. That That's. That could be depending on the business I start to, how passionate I am about it. But even the most passionate business owners in the world have sold to bigger companies. Oh, um, they're irresistible offers. Irresistible offers. I mean, Amazon bought Ring for $1.5 million. Amazon bought Roomba for $1.7 billion. Do you really think Roomba was doing a billion dollars in profit? Not until Amazon bought it. You can't refuse that off. You can't. And that's so and that's money. one of the most unfortunate things is that they have so much money from constantly buying out these companies and that they remake their money and they're gonna keep buying and buying and buying because they know they can turn that revenue around with the money they have. They have the they have the human resources, they have the actual physical resources they need to build up any company they buy out and make out their money again. But the capital. They they have everything they need, and this is why there's this monopolization going. They could just do whatever they want. They could buy out any company and people can throw their uh, morales out the window once they see that fat check, which I get like, you're right. Yeah. If I saw a $2 billion check as well, personally, like, I mean, I wouldn't. It's going to be, it's going to be, even if you did say no, 
you sit on it. You'd have to like sit on it for like a couple of like you're gonna tell them, give me like a couple weeks. Yeah. Like I'm gonna sit on this because if you say no, you're making two hundred million dollars a year, hypothetically, you're not taking home all two hundred million, you know, because you have to pay out your workers and costs and stuff. You're probably taking home, let's say, like ten, five, if you're the, the CEO or president of the company. We're offering you two billion. Because in most cases, what they do is they don't just, they don't buy you out and fire all the workers. They take all the workers and buy you personally out, and then you step aside. Yep. So you're out of the picture. You can either step aside, or what they'll do is they'll just put you in a position where you do make a couple, like, million a year as, like, a CEO of that company, but you're really an employee of one person. Yeah, Amazon or Kraft or Smuckers or But you're still making a couple million, regardless. Yeah, you're going to do great, but. Yeah, this, this it's is just like it's just not yours anymore. Yeah, this is this is a bigger issue in in the future because these companies are so huge, and not just these companies too. Hedge funds and and uh, capital firms like BlackRock, like Charles Schwab. Because um, this isn't even just industry in terms of product. We're talking real estate. Charles Schwab, one of the big capital firms. I remember, like. Over the summer, invested like two billion dollars into real estate in this country. Two billion dollars. Do you under do you understand the scope of two billion dollars worth of real estate? That is hundreds of thousands of tenants they could put on rents right. and make instant cash flow. And now, yes, yes, I get it. Not everyone pays rent, but I don't think they're going to be stupid enough to. Buy in places where people aren't going to do that. They're going to buy in places like Florida, where people going down to retire. They're going to take their cash flow. Or in Texas, in the big outside of the big, new big cities that they're making, in Dallas and Houston, where there's a lot of rich people moving in there because right. they're beautiful cities and they're safe. Um, the suburbs are just being built up to be nice, beautiful places. It's like they're not stupid. And so there's not just a monopoly in terms of your everyday products, but we're, we're talking now real estate where they're coming in and just they're buying everything. Yep. And, and just to go off of that, Amazon kind of does the same thing whenever you have a product um, that you're selling online. Um, so if a person tries to sell something on Amazon, right? So I want to, I want to go to the retail part of this because you brought up the, the, the housing side of things and how that's being monopolized. But even trying to sell things online is also being monopolized. If you try to sell something online, Amazon will literally undercut you if it's hot, right? Yeah. And they will call it Amazon Basics. And they will undercut any successful manufacturers. And some might argue that this is Amazon engaged in competition, but they're literally just undercutting manufacturers that do this for a living. So how is this really how is this really competition? They it's not fair competition. It's not fair competition. <laughs> it's competition, but it's just it's just unfair. Plus, they also make fifteen percent with FBA fees. Yep. So, what for those who don't know, FBA is a service that uh, Amazon offers that fulfills everything for you, from shipping to um, delivering everything. Yep. So, they take fifteen percent of what you made for to fulfill to, to kind of pay for like the services that Amazon offers for you to sell your products. So, yeah, it's just. And plus, if it does really well, you remember that instance where there was this one guy that was selling tripods or whatever it was online, yep. and Amazon literally banned him and sold their own version and sold their own version and made million, yeah. I don't know, millions, probably billions. To be yeah. honest, so it's just like it's this is what I'm talking about about monopolization. 
Yeah, and and this this has future implications because the more powerful they get, the less say we have in product pricing because they technically dominate the market. They can in yeah. every aspect. And so, if we want to get, let's say, cookies, I'm going to go back to the cookie example. We want I want Chips Ahoy cookies, and I love Chips Ahoy, but Oreo is also very good. And Oreo is not doing so hot, but Chips Ahoy is doing hot. It doesn't matter. Oreo's not going to lower its prices to compete because they're getting the benefits of Chips Ahoy. Right. <laughs> it doesn't matter. And they're getting the benefits of Oreo in general. They're both yep. combined. They're both under craft. What does it matter that they lower the price of one and raise the price of another? They still under them. It doesn't them. matter. Now, yeah. compared to if Oreos and Chips Ahoy were separate entities, then they would engage in price competition. And I get low Chips Ahoy with low Oreo prices. Exactly. Correct. Yeah. If Chips Ahoy was larger, Oreo would undercut them. I'd buy my Oreos. I'd buy Oreos. They're both yeah. great. I'd buy Oreos. But uh, Chips Ahoy has no choice but to either make a new new cookie flavor, un- undercut Oreos, or whatever it is. Now, I'm going to, I want to go back to Chips Ahoy and try their new product or buy something from them because they're, and, and there's going to be a third, third cookie seller. Uh, he, now they want to get in on it. I remember, this and this is, is what drives competition. Exactly. This is what drives low prices. When you have one person control, and they could do whatever they want with the prices. It's very few against like if there were like ten different cookie brands versus one. Yeah, exactly. And remember, these are just basic competition terms that we're bringing up, it, and, and capitalism terms. It's just the basics. It doesn't even get into like the nitty gritty of supply and demand and. And how they can just like it, what OPEC's doing in the oil market is how they can just snap their fingers and say, "Oh, we're not going to put out as many barrels this year." These companies can do that if they feel like it, and I'm sure the food industries want to do that. But let's look at that's a fantastic example, though. Yeah, OPEC, exactly. The OPEC example. Let's let's look at um, Procter and Gamble products. Let's say one day there's just selling too many paper towels, bounty paper towels, and they said, "All right, we're going to cut back." <laughs> they, own Charm, they own Charm and Ultra Strong. They own Bounty. They own Loves. They own, um, what's another one? I think there's the only three on the market, to be honest. There's a couple other like lower brand ones. Right. But it's like, they take that out. They, they, there's like, oh, we have a shortage. What's to say? What's to say they can't just do it? They can just do it on their own time. Yep. They just say, well, we're going to pull some things out of the market to raise prices. Yep. And we're not saying that this is a direct, well, how do I say this? It's part it part and due because of well, this is gonna be a, this is gonna be a heated one yeah. unregulated capitalism. I am a sucker for capitalism. Me too. I love <laughs> capitalism. We need more competition. I'm saying that because we have unregulated it, the government has not stepped in where it needs to be. I'm not. Yes, I, I I am totally against government intervention. Only in the cases of monopolization and can protecting the, government, the American consumer. That's when I believe the government should step in. Exactly. All these companies are buying out these products, and the government has just left it unnoticed. And you, everyone wonders why there is why prices are skyrocketing. It's because like six or seven companies own everything. Yeah, exactly. There's no like so, I, and this is what they also do when like a crisis comes along, like Russia Ukraine, like COVID. They're just like, oh, you know. We got to raise prices yeah. because of this crisis. It's like, no, you don't. <laughs> no, you don't. You have billions, if not, in some cases, millions 
of dollars on the global market. You don't have to do it. We don't have to raise prices, at least to the degree that they do. Here's, here's, a, here's a big thing for me. Let's look at Apple, for example. Samsung, I could go out and get, and I hate Samsung, by the way. I, I can't understand how to use their phones. Samsung is a bad phone. I just don't know how to use it. I'm an Apple person for life. But Samsung, I could go get a brand new Samsung Galaxy S23. S23, brand new. Same size, if not bigger, than our iPhones. And I have the Pro Max, 13 Pro Max, for $789. Do you know how much a brand new iPhone 14 Pro Max costs? Oh, minimum of $1,099. Minimum, minimum. That's just probably for the iPhone 14. The iPhone, Pro, the iPhone 13 Pro Max, I spent $1,300 on that. Right. $1,300 on a phone. It doesn't even include the service or anything else in <laughs> it. Or AirPods or charger. It doesn't record, but I don't get the block. Um, if I want to get uh, Apple gaming uh, services, I got to pay a fee. If I want to get extra gigabytes, I got to pay a fee. What am I paying $1,300 for? Well, I'm paying for the brand. I'm paying because they dominate you're, you're the global market. It. Exactly. You're just paying it just to have it. But then everything yeah. else that, that comes after is just like... Is, well, is Apple the most innovative phone we've ever seen? Yes. Is it the greatest product on the market? Yes. It's the only product on the market. That's the problem because you have Samsung, you have LG, you have Google. Well, LG doesn't even make phones anymore. So you have Google and Samsung. Microsoft doesn't make phones anymore. They can't compete. You can't compete with Apple. Samsung is barely competing with Apple. Samsung competes with Apple because they make TVs and um, furniture and appliances. And they also dominate other markets. And right. and Google is Google. Of course, they're going to dominate. They're, they'll be all right. Even if their phone sucks, they'll be okay. And the Google Pixel 7 is great. I just want to get it because I don't understand it. Um, but yeah, they, they dominate it. And, and here's the other thing. 99% of the Apple users, including myself, and I don't know about you, but myself, ain't buying the Samsung phone in my lifetime. Unless I can't, I just can't afford an Apple. Right. That, yeah. It's just straight up domination. And that's yeah. not fair. It's not fair to companies that can come out with something better or ideas that are better. You can just buy them out. Yep. And they're like, oh, we're going to use this idea on our on our iPhones then. And and, and the other thing is, is, is Apple doesn't innovate. No. The iPhone not. has been the same since the iPhone 11. Yep. They've changed a couple of the design tweaks. You know, now there's no notch or whatever they call it. Yep. Oh no, gray innovation. Hooray! Hooray! Hooray. Hooray. For the fifteen, no, I forgot. I don't even know. But at least Samsung made a flip phone. Yeah, it's a work, right? At least they tried. Yeah, because they care about innovation. Apple over here is just like, hey, who cares? Someone's they're gonna buy it. They're gonna buy it. We do. They know it, and then we know it, but we still do it. Apple is so easy to use. It's also sleek. It's also simple. A sign it's of sim it's simple and it's a sign of status at owning an iPhone. Why? I don't know, but it is. If I walk around with an Apple Watch, you think you look cool. I bought an Apple Watch and I was starting to realize why. <laughs> what do I have? That's a it's a waste of money. Is it cool? Sure, but it's a waste of money. Yep. Oh, Sorry to go on that tangent, but <laughs> that was hilarious. In general, competition. I mean, there there are other things that I'm not going to buy that are 
brands. I mean, like, let's look at uh, Coca-Cola, for example. I mean, I'm never going to buy Pepsi products unless it's Mountain Dew. Um, Sprite is just superior. Yep. In my opinion. Fanta, Sani Water. Everyone has the Sani Water. I don't even know who owns Poland Springs. I don't, I don't even know. know. <laughs> you want to know. It's under somebody. <laughs> it's under somebody. Um, or, Disney's a big one. Oh my god. They own Fox News. They own no. Star Wars. They own Marvel. What's like the two biggest sci-fi movie companies in the world. I mean, if you look at the top 10 highest grossing movies, it's literally Star Wars and Marvel. Literally, that's it. Yep. There's Titanic and Avatar. <laughs> that's it. That's it. That's the only other ones in there. How do you just how do you how do you compete? I mean, I remember I looked up like Disney Marvel movies with thirty two billion in gross, and 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 Star Wars movies does about fourteen billion in gross. Mm-hmm. Um, if you want to get to the argument of who was better, <laughs> we'll go on that one later. We could do a little special later on that, but. <laughs> It doesn't matter because that's fifty million dollar, almost fifty billion dollars in gross right. from one company. Not from Star Wars, not from Marvel, Disney, Hulu. Yep. And, and you were saying like, how do we compete? There just needs to be more SME involvement in general. Yeah. Well, but what can we do, right? By SMEs, small medium enterprises. Yeah. Um, for those, it's just like I want to go online, and I don't want to see mainstream product i want to purchase things from anyone from around the world mm-hmm. at any given time like That's i do not want to go online and like see an ad for an apple product i want to see what's going on around the world i want the latest technology there is so much tech being developed right now yeah. in silicon valley that is not yet available because one is still like it's still under like you know development, development still being tested and all that but i still want to try it I still want to see what's going on. Do you know what's going on in Silicon Valley right now? What they're developing over there or what the rest of the world's developing? No. We don't. Because Meta owns it all. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. And it's just like, I want to go online and I want to see different things. I want to see a variety of things. I want people to be involved. I want more entrepreneurship. I want to see people building things to go out there. And I want... Somehow, some way, yes, people are engaged in entrepreneurship. I think our, I think this generation is like the biggest amount of entrepreneurs for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Like I've because of how much access we have to technology, the internet. Yeah, we have a new generation, but even then, it's just really hard because let's say you're a person engaged in e-commerce, you have a product you want to sell. Where do you sell it on? Amazon. Yep. You can have your own website. And there's people out there that have their own websites. Or what's the other one? Alibaba? Alibaba, yeah. Yeah. But like, you have to go on those. Yeah. Yeah. Otherwise, you can't sell anything. And Amazon will take 15% from you for FBA. So it's like, and and people have created their own websites. Guess what? They need to use Wix. They need to use all these massive companies to build your small company. There's just, what, what do you do? There's you got to start somewhere, yeah. Right? But it's just like my my place that needs to start is taxes because there's another there's also even though this is a generation that loves to big entrepreneurship, taxes is one of the things that prevents them from growth. Average, oh yeah, average tax for small business now twenty eight percent. 
And what is the average that they make? Maybe like a couple mil. If if it's a good company, probably less if it's not. And especially like food industries, mall, mom and pop cafes and restaurants, they're not making that much money because probably making a solid like six figures by yeah. the end of the year. If it's like, good. Yeah, if it's good, but that's still like at, at any flip of the switch, like a, a COVID thing that happens. I mean, your your losses are going to be so big, you're going to be unrecoverable. No, no, bankrupt. If they're going to go bankrupt. And how many mom and pop restaurants left and died? Oh, a lot. a lot. Taxes is a big part of it. Because Walmart does not. And, and look, I don't think that Walmart or companies like that should pay more in taxes. But it's not fair that Walmart's paying 20% and a small business is paying 28%, a third compared to. And Walmart four. doesn't. I, I highly doubt Walmart pays taxes, anyways. Yep. So, because they have like the best lawyers, they have all, everything they need to avoid tax. tax accountants. And it's like your mom and pop shop, your local shops, they pay they pay more probably than what maybe large corporations can pay yeah. percentage wise. Uh-huh. And it's like, how is this fair? How is this fair for, for me to develop? It's not. I'm looking at like trunking companies, for example, friends that own trucks and run their own trucks. They get dominated by bigger companies like Swift yeah. and all these other big trucking companies because they just they just have such a they can't make product role. is fact. It's fact yeah. taxes. And that's not to say correct. They've built up to the point, but now they're trying to attack their own competition rather than trying to encourage competition. That's my problem. Is yes, you've reached a point where now you're now you have you've built up all your logistics, but don't don't attack the competition. Don't try to gatekeep. Yeah, let other people promote. Let there be more access to wealth. People want to innovate. This is what the world needs. World, the world needs innovation. Absolutely. And if you attack competition and to try to have control, what innovation will there be? How how is the world going to develop if these large corporations get to the top, but don't encourage others to come with them? This world will not rapidly develop. In that case, Absolutely. there needs to be competition that is protected. Protected competition. Is what I like to see. Absolutely, and and like like we said earlier, like we're suckers for capitalism. I, capitalism is still, and as much as a lot of people hate on it, is the only system in our time that has worked. Socialism fails. Yep. Communism fails. Yep. Dictatorships fail every time. No, no, it's like no question. Every time it starts, it fails. Capitalism was started in America and in Europe. Since the 1900s. And has the UK failed? No. Has the United States failed? No. Canada? No. It works. We know. But there are problems. There are problems. And we need to protect the consumer. The American consumer is the most important part of capitalism. The most important. Because without consumers, capitalism fails. Yeah. I think our politicians need to do it. Roosevelt did. Teddy Roosevelt did. Sit down and break up the market. Put in that competition. We're not, I'm not saying to go in and just say, okay, Carmen, we'll be on your cell phone again. Or, you know, uh, Disney, we'll be on your own again. Because a lot of those companies, if you really broke down, are not billion-dollar companies. And if you just kicked them out, um, they could fail. And that's not good either. But they need to, you know, put them up a little bit. Because there needs to be that competition, and there needs to be people that can make their own businesses to compete with those companies. Right. In the long run, protect American consumers. 
because I mean, we were just in New York City. How expensive is it? You just get a coffee at Starbucks. Yeah, nine dollars. Oh, my God, nine dollars. How and and how? Even you if you go to the that? local shops, yeah, they're trying to keep up with Starbucks. So your exactly. local cafe costs like yeah, they might undercut by like seven seven by two dollars to get it to like seven eight, but still. How it's still close to Starbucks prices because they're trying to keep up with them because they're seeing all the profits they're making. Yeah. Right. It's expensive to live in those cities where commercialism and products are everywhere. I mean, it's not like out in the country where, you know, mom and pops are dominant and you get good prices because they have to compete with each other. If you don't like to pay the prices at one diner because they're too expensive, I can guarantee you the diner across the street or down the road is cheaper. It could be better in your opinion. That's fine. That's how it should be. But in New York City, it does not matter because every business is just like, all right, they're gonna they have to come here anyway. Then you have to. You can't you just you can't undercut them. You can't. You have to go and eat there. You have to eat there. You have to buy the coffee there. You have to buy the products there. There's nowhere else to go. Right. In New York City. There just isn't. Because there's so many of them. No. There's so many. You pick and choose. You know? There's nowhere else to go. Like I when we were in New York City, I did go to the lo- to the more local ones, right? And to the more but the thing is, if you really look deep and why these local shops almost have the same prices as one another, it's because they get their coffee beans from the same source. Yeah. So it's one source sometimes, giving them the coffee beans. So then that's why they're all equal in prices sometimes yeah. because they all have to come. So now you have a supply issue as well, where only one, they're getting their supply from one or two, like, yeah, that manufacturers. That's a great point, too. The supply issue. Because is, people are saying, oh, well, why don't you just go local? Well, it's one person. The supply is actually controlled by one company. You, you as well. look at agriculture nowadays. Agriculture is dominated by big agricultural companies. You don't see. Um, outside of Europe or Asia, this is a big problem in the United States, dominated by one agricultural company. You know, farmers um, who sell cattle, dominated by larger corporations that buy cattle. What was it? Microsoft and Bill Gates? What land did he buy up for like in, in the Midwest for like cattle and farming and agriculture? Not sure. A lot. I know it was a lot. That's a lot. <laughs> because he knows that's the future. Right. And that those farmers, who most of them are extremely poor, we do not help our farmers. They're not going to say no to a million. They're not right. poor. And and they, they know it's a way out for them. So now the farming industry is dominated you get where do you get your cattle from the same person where do you get your grain from the same, same person. person your eggs your chickens your pigs your fruits your vegetables all the same person. all the same person and if you want to be your own supplier well this will go to the same person because right. you're not quote-unquote trusted because you're like oh you're new but he has yeah. uh, he has a reputable name so it's different in california and the east like the west coast and the east coast because those are wealthy areas there's going to be diversification in farmers but the midwest is predominantly dominated by big industry because they're poor right. out there. They're yep. poor farmers. So they're not going to say no to a couple million dollars. They're just not. And it's a sad reality of life. Um, yep. This is like this is a tough, tough one because this is very tough. The federal government is not doing its job, which is 
protecting the American consumer. And you say that, you know, we, we say that our job is to protect against foreign and domestic. Government's job is to protect against foreign and domestic, you know, whatever, um, people. Well, I'm going to say this now, that these companies are domestic, um, what's the freaking word? Domestic, uh, no. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> they're domestic, uh, like rivals. They're people who are undermining and and going against what we could be protected by, which is that that is the federal government's job is to protect us. Right. Those kind of things. Yeah. And I think the the only way we can solve all this is through networks. You need to be if you're a small business. You need to have a bigger network than what's in your domestic market. Yeah. You need to have access to the entire global market. If you're a small job, if you're a small agriculture business trying to compete with your large local domestic market, because it's just impossible. You need a new way to get out there. I mean, let's let's look more globally, right? Let's say you are a person in Africa and you want to start selling, I don't know, you, you have a mine in Africa. You're going to get bought out by either the Chinese or the United States. Yep. That's like, you just want to be independent. You want to be a part of the global market. One, you're probably going to be bought out. Or two, you don't have access to the global market, so you need to rely on a bigger bigger company to get you that network to sell whatever you're selling. It could be like coal oil or lithium or whatever it is. Yeah. So there's just there's just no network. Okay. And to, to, to create that network takes time. It takes patience. And yes, those who have built large corporations have started from zero to get to there, but it's still like they they try to eliminate that ability to network so that they can stay in control. Yeah, it's it's not that it's like a blame on these big corporations because like like you said they they, they started they somewhere did their due diligence and that's fair. They yeah. they have done their work, but it's just not fair that they want to cut me out of the game. Yeah. Like this is whole this whole thing is a part of just like one big game theory. And I don't we didn't talk about it much, but um, for those who don't understand what what it is, game theory is essentially a theoretical social framework that kind of explains the strategic behaviors for self-gain. And what we talked about through, throughout this entire episode was self-gain um, defined as economic gain and profit. Yeah. So you are the business owner. You want to make money. You need to strategize to compete with other SMEs around you and find, way, find ways to attack larger corporations. Um, this can be done by creating a new product or undercutting um, a product, the loss of a product as well. Um, there's a few ways you can play the game, which is through co-op or non-co-op games, zero-sum or non-zero-sum, and simultaneous move and sequential move-based uh, games. So this is kind of like a very surface-level understanding of game theory, but we we went from going from, not, not it was a non-cooperative game, but it was also a non-zero-sum game. Right now, it's kind of just like the game of self-gain right now, and the, and the game theory now is basically get to the top, and make sure competition doesn't attack me. Mm-hmm. Rather than I'm going to get to the top and I'm going to keep going because I'm not sure if there's going to be lower, there's going to be these smaller SMEs trying to innovate to catch up to me. They're trying to block you. So this is this went from being a co-op game to a non-co-op game and is complete zero sum. Mm-hmm. This is this is what I it agree. is. Yeah, and here here's here's also one thing. Um, I will also say this that. Yes, this is bad from having these monopolies, but uh, uh, we're lucky in the sense, but also I think they understand in the sense these billionaires who own and these companies that own that the people will go against them and figure out all this stuff if they raise prices too much. 
And so we're very lucky in that sense that they understand that part and that they also, I think, understand that they need to do good and business-wise and keep their prices at a relatively good place. Right. And so I don't necessarily believe that this generation will see how like these prices will just skyrocket because they're just greedy corporations. But the future could. And it definitely could. With these greedy corporations, they might just say, like, ah, screw it. We don't care about these people anymore. Let's just raise the prices. Yeah. And so that'll be that that's why it's a problem. Like, yes, we haven't seen the problem yet, but the problem is is they own everything. I mean, here's here's a thing. I I I just read this. Just looking at it. Twenty-five of P and G's brands generate more than a billion dollars in annual sales. So that's twenty-five billion dollars. Jesus. Well, it's fifty brands. More than ninety percent of the company's sales and profits. So you can, I can estimate sixty billion in profits a year. That's absurd. For one company, and that not that that's a bad thing. Like I'm not saying that's a bad thing, because what does P and G provide? Lots of good things. Partner Gamble provides so many good things. They have them all, but again, there's no competition. Yeah, there's no competition. Like, yes, it's a good thing. Good for them. They've built their way from day one to where they are now, but there's no competition. You can't compete with that. It's so hard to And it's not like they even just dominate like one specific market. It's multiple markets. I mean, IMs are the biggest um, food market in the United States. Pampers, biggest diaper market. Loves, the biggest children's toiletry. Bounty, the biggest, uh, um, what do you call it? Paper towel market. Carmen, the biggest um, toilet paper market. <laughs> Cascade and Tide. Cascade is the biggest dishwasher market. Tide is the biggest, um, what do you call it? Uh, laundry detergent market. So it's not even one singular market that Procter & Gamble owns. It dominates multiple markets. But they completely dominate. And that that's all, that's really not good. Yep. Because what you think is just dominating one, is dominating multiple. I mean, Kraft dominates the cookie market, Chips Ahoy and Oreos. I mean, let's be real here, people. How many people buy Oreos? Everybody. How many people buy Chips Ahoy? Everybody. I freaking love Chips Ahoy. It's the Hoy Chewy. Oh, good. You chewy or hard? Chewy, absolutely, every day. All right, we're good. Yeah. That's it, podcast. Yeah. (laughs) The free sun. Does anybody I buy any other juice? When you were a kid? No. I bought for everyone when when you were at that when you were at summer camp, the pre sun was there. Kool-Aid. Everyone eats Kool-Aid. Globularone, probably the most popular chocolate company besides Hershey's. Right. Um Keys Whiz, Ritz, Kraft Mac and Cheese. You're either a Kraft Mac and Cheese or an Auntie Anne's. Everyone knows. That. Everyone knows that. Yep. So it's like they don't just dominate one singular market. They dominate a lot. One can target all. Yeah, and that's a bad, that's a really bad thing. Like, I had no idea Smucker's on Dunkin' Donuts. I didn't know that until you. No idea. I thought Dunkin' Donuts was his own entity until so told me that. Now you know that Starbucks is the dominant company on the market, and Smucker's is just like, yeah, we'll stick our finger in there. Yep. And they got a, a pretty big one because Dunkin's not no small company. They're the largest coffee company in New England. Yeah. So many problems. I know. 
It might not be a problem now, but I'm sure it will blow up sometime soon. It'll explode. It'll it, explode. It'll, people it, will, it, people it, will wake up to the realization. Hopefully. Hopefully our generation will, as we are the new kind of like massive amount of entrepreneurs and want to seek the entrepreneurial path, we'll wake up and see like there is a there is a dominance right now at at the higher level that we have to deal with and attack with. But we can't because we're just, just some, your average small, medium enterprise. Yeah. BlackRock, an investment firm, is technically speaking the fourth largest GDP in the world. If they were their own country. If they were their own company. If they were their own country. The United (laughs) States with 24 trillion, China at 17 trillion, the EU at 14 trillion, and they are at 10 trillion. I mean, they could buy out Germany if they felt like it. (laughs) If Germany were a company, they could buy out Germany. We'll leave that for you. How how huge is Germany? And we'll leave that. Yeah. And that's how we're going to end this podcast. Think about that, everybody. Ponder on that one, yes. Um, so this kind of wraps up this uh, this week's topic of the week. I'm, I hope you guys enjoyed this one. And yeah, we wanted to take a different spin on this and show you that there's a little bit of a lack of competition in global markets today. But that's not to discourage any new entrepreneurs out there. Absolutely. Keep doing what you're doing. You, you will make it. Even if you don't get to attack those large corporations, you can still make a difference. Absolutely. Regardless. And if you're in it for the money, you'll get the money. Just keep at it. Right. So other than that, thank you all for listening, and uh, we'll see you in the next one. All right.